Welcome to Problematic As Fuck, the show where we take controversial topics and make them conversational. We dare to have the conversations you are too scared to have that challenge the status quo and interrogate the times we are living in. One, One fucked up comment at a time. I'm B. And I'm Fee. And today's problematic opinion is. Welcome to another episode of Problematic As Fuck. Today's episode is about how the most important career decision in your life is who you choose as a life partner. Ooh, chill. How your career goes is most times dependent on who you choose as a life partner other than your own inputs. So, thoughts? <laughs> I mean, that definitely makes sense. I think the first thing is in terms of how empathetic your partner is towards whatever career decision you're making, right? So if you have the kind of partner who is um, who understands the importance of your work and how important your work is to you, then they will sort of bend over backwards to make sure that you flourish yeah, and live your best life. So I think we need to break that down a bit. Okay. So what do we mean by empathetic partner? Mm. So like, for example... If you need to, you're early on in your career, for example, or whatever stage you are in, and you need to work overtime, and you have, you know, all these deadlines or whatever, and you have um, an expectation that time should also be spent with your partner, right? So now your partner's starting to feel neglected and whatever Mm -hmm. else, or like really practical things like you need to work overtime and you don't have time to be washing the dishes or cooking or Mm. taking care of the child. Do you have the kind of partner that's like, you know what? You're building your career right now. I have capacity. I can take over these things. Mm. Or do you have the kind of partner that's like, I need more time with you. I need us to build our relationship more, whatever else. So is that what we mean by empathy? That's exactly what we mean by empathy. So somebody who understands that like, you've got shit to do. And if they have capacity, they can take that on their shoulder as well. Yeah. And And, yeah, sorry. No. And like as women, that's hard to find. Yeah. Like... uh, well, I don't know, actually. Do you think it's hard to find? Like, a, like if you are a hetero... What is it? Heterosexual. A heterosexual woman. Mm-hmm. Is it hard to find a male partner who is willing to take on more of the, like, practical burdens in order for you to um, flourish, flourish in your career? Or to not... Or to, like, not have as much time with you because you are, like, yeah, you're doing your own thing and you're building yourself. I definitely think it is harder um to find and only because i know that or at least in our age group um the people that we are relating with are also on a certain career trajectory Mm -hmm. right so they are also equally as ambitious they are also wanting to you know um build themselves and their careers and everything like that and so to have the kind of relation relation where one is more empathetic than the other i think it's i think it gets complicated because you must both be empathetic towards you know the career trajectory of of each other and i don't know then what a relationship with time given to each other looks like given that that's the premise mm. unless it's like talked about to say that like but i don't know even schedules for me just don't work like scheduling time together. yeah like scheduling time together like being like okay on fridays or whatever because you never know what's gonna pop up in a work context yeah but and, and and i actually i said 
in a hetero relationship, I actually take that back. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't because matter. Yeah. They are, they will like, there'll be a situation where a partner might need more from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. you might not be able to give them that because you're working or exactly. whatever else. And so if that partner is not willing to be like, you know what, we had plans for this Friday, but it's completely fine. Mm-hmm. Like to cancel. Um, if you don't have a partner like that, I feel like either the relationship is going to end mm-hmm. or if you are in a long term, you know, like life partnership with this person, um, it's going to hold you back. It's so take now, a strain. exactly, it's going to take a strain. Yeah. Either you're going to choose to now make sacrifices and be like, you know, I won't go on that trip or I won't take this brief mm. because it's, it's straining on my time. family, yeah. it's straining on my relationship. And yeah. so I, I'm not going to take these things up. And it also, like, I've, I've found that it, like, limits the scope of things you look at. Yes, so if you're applying for a new job um, and you're in, a, in a, the type of relationship where you cannot move or not, like, not you cannot move, but, like, you have to consider You moving. have to consider yeah. the idea of being with your partner before you decide, let me apply for this role mm. somewhere else. Like, that, that limits you, right? Yeah. If you get a job offer somewhere else yeah. and, you, and you're like, I can't take this because... It's too far. It's too far. From my baby boo. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? And so a lot of it does have to do with you. If you don't want to be a- away from your partner, then that's different. Yeah. But if it's like, they are like, not understanding and empathetic to the things that you need to do. Yeah. That can, yeah, that can stunt your career. Big time. But I think you should also be empathetic towards yourself first. Because it, it's going to be very difficult to have a partner who's empathetic towards you and your career if you're not empathetic to yourself first. So, or if you don't necessarily put yourself first. And I know that may sound, you know, very selfish or whatever. But if you know that what will make you happy and what would propel your career in a certain direction is taking the job abroad, then I feel like the decision about my relationship should be secondary doesn't yeah should just, be secondary. Or at least that, just for me i think it should it, it's not even a factor but if you're married and yeah, you have a child that's, that's true that's probably one of the reasons you, why i don't want to get married that's a <laughs> conversation. or if you are in a like a, a long-term partnership, you know, partnership yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. It, and it is more than just like oh we've been dating for six months but i'm about to leave like yeah yeah or yeah. even like well, however many years it doesn't matter but like it depends on how much um, I don't want to say how you've invested. How much you've invested? Guess, yeah. Um. Yeah. Into that relationship, literally. Yeah. Whether or not you're able to pull out of it. Yeah, that's hard. I think. I don't know. I think I'm too selfish for that. To even consider anyone to else. To even you... consider. Yeah. I. I. I feel like at the place where I'm at in my life right now, if there's an amazing role in Ghana or whatever. I'm not even thinking about yeah like my relationship is not even like you said it's secondary it's secondary yeah. it's like it's, not it's like I see I see a role and it's like this is a no brainer yeah you know everything else that's supposed to happen after that will happen and or unfold as it's supposed to but I think yeah and I think being able to make those kinds of decisions especially in a long term kind of you know situation is a lot more difficult or yeah. it, not even just in a partnership but even just like with having children and all of that thing, it's like, it's it's a it's a more difficult decision to make. Yeah, but I I don't think it's selfishness. I saw this. There's this one thing that I saw. Um, the woman is a doctor. Mm-hmm. The man is, um, an an actor. He's okay. in theater. He's in theater. Yeah. And she expli- she explicitly said that the partner that she wants is someone who is willing to take on all chores 
and is willing to move around with her while mm. she does her residency, right? Mm. So I think that's the thing. It's like it's actually it's actually a characteristic of a partner. Oh right? yes, yes. So sometimes yes. you go into it and you're like you think of different characteristics of partners that you want, but actually one of the characteristics of a partner that will help your career is their willingness to either pack up and leave with you mm. or to be okay with you charting your own path and literally having the relationship be not secondary, but like putting yourself first. Mm. And so if that's not a characteristic they have, then maybe that's not the type of relationship you want to be in. That's an interesting point, actually, that it's a characteristic. So the same way that you say you want somebody who's loyal and who's this, that needs to be on your list as well. Okay? Yeah. You need to be able to be malleable. And if I say that I'm moving to Nigeria tomorrow, mm-hmm. you're coming with me. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Either, yeah. And it can't be that like a few months down the line, you're like, I gave up my life for you because you made that decision. So that's, yeah, I mean... If the if the resentment comes, <laughs> exactly. it's like. But I told you what I was. But I told to do. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you to do your own thing. If our things meet, then great. But if not, like, I'm not going to turn down a role because I have to stay with you. Yeah, interesting. Okay, um, I think another reason for why um, the partner that you choose is going to be influential in your career is networking, mm-hmm. right? So. You'll find a lot of people, not a lot of people, let me not, let me not be shady. (laughs) But sometimes you'll find that um, people relate to each other or or get into relationships with each other because of the certain networks that the other person has. Mm -hmm. So just classic example, Um, I work in the mining industry and what I've seen happen is there'll be a role for um, someone at a mine in you know, whatever remote area. And the person will only agree to to taking up that role if there is going to be a role created for their wife. And that's not to say that, like, the wife is not, um, or their partner in this instance is not qualified or whatever, but just being able to have that kind of social capital that you can say, I'm only willing to move under the condition that my people are able to come with me and they can also work and they can also advance their careers Right. I think is a very interesting concept. Yeah, or or like, if you if you and your family have worked in one industry, mm-hmm. um, and you know that, it would be a strategic decision to, um, align yourself with another family in a like, in an industry that might also benefit you. Mm-hmm. So if you guys came together, for example, if one person owns a wine farm and the other person owns restaurants, mm. like it would be strategically great for you guys <laughs> just to, to, get to get together because you, you know, you would feed into each other. Like that's a network thing. So right? Capitalism even comes into the bedroom. That was like, the beginning. That, intense. that was, that was, I feel like that was the point of marriage, right? Was for us to keep things within <laughs> ourselves, but also advance each other. That is wild. Yeah. And I mean, that speaks to another point, which is the class thing. Mm-hmm. So you marry, to expand your network in a strategic way, right? Um, But also you can marry for class. So, um, and this is like, historically we've always seen this. Mm. We see it in different cultures still now, where um, if you, yeah, you you literally marry to, you marry up. (laughs) You marry up. You marry up, you marry rich. We have all the terms for it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like now seeing it happen with like both ways so we've seen it like with like a woman marrying up into uh marrying rich men but i'm now seeing a lot of like 
men marrying rich women, mm. which is cool. Um, so yeah, I think that's another reason. Like, if you want to be benefit your career, is you just you just marry somebody of higher class. Yeah. Would you marry someone of a lower class just for your? Oh, um, that's horrible. So we this podcast is starting to sound really classist. I know, <laughs> but I mean, these are conversations that we're not willing to have exactly like, or people you're afraid that people are going to side eye you because you don't want to be marrying a per- or being you know in a long-time partnership with somebody who doesn't earn as much as you or earns a lot less than you these things happen like money matters guys yeah so um like i would i would because it would also be strategic like <laughs> yeah how I mean, there's love and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. but there's also there's also like if you're thinking about <laughs> you see your, my face when you're like there's <laughs> love, I was like girl, <laughs> but there's also like decisions that you need to make for your career. So, if um, if if this person is going to expose you to a different um, um, like a different demographic of people that you can either sell to or Ooh. or you know, like I would. <laughs> I would completely do that, yeah. Ick. Ick. <laughs> Why else? Back to capitalism again. I mean, let's say if we're taking love out of the equation and it's literally practically, I now have exposure to a different LSM and I can sell to them. Yeah, I absolutely would do that. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. You're a better person than I am. <laughs> I, 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 but I guess that's probably why I'm not an entrepreneur because I don't think like that. <laughs> I don't think like that. Um, but I mean, if it was like, you wake up in the morning, you go to work, your partner's the kind of person who like, wakes up there on the couch all day. I mean like that, like in terms of like... Oh, but that's not a class thing. Asks you to leave money for bread because, you know, it's rough. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so like, there's so many different um, dynamics that you need to think about and like what... Like when you're in a lot... When you're in a partnership, it's it's... It's there is the the element of like your career, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's the element, there's the whole love thing, and then there's like other um, means of satisfaction. Oh, what are these other means <laughs> like, of satisfaction? If he's gonna lay it down, if he's gonna lay it down, and you know they say broke, um, you know. And that's another thing. Is the one they that lays it down the men most. have time. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So broke, they can practice their craft. <laughs> broke men have time, so yeah. it's not like there's not gonna be like. You won't have to call him and figure out where he is. <laughs> <laughs> they say uh, this new trend of like people marrying people in prison. Apparently, that's another reason because it's like you know where he oh, is all the time. You know, like he doesn't, he won't come home drunk. You know, but anyway, continue. Yeah, no, that's the the, the tale that broke. So you'd time. rather, like, if he lays it down and everything, but like. <laughs> But doesn't make as much or whatever, then that's fine. That's okay. So not me personally, yeah. but I'm, I I think that's completely valid for someone okay. else if that's important for them. Okay. Like I've actually seen that recently and I was like, oh wow, amazing. She is looking for a man who wants to do the household chores and mm. follow her around. And I was like, that's not anything I've ever heard before where mm. that, 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 that those are the characteristics you're looking for. So it, it, it's completely valid. But for me, no. I mean, personally, no. Okay. No, that's interesting. Um, another top, uh, well, another point that we had was green cards. Oof. <laughs> Sometimes having 
a relation with a person of a certain citizenship can influence your career in very big ways. 100%. Um, and I mean, there's a reason like we see 90 Day Fiance, but that's a separate conversation. But I that's mean, love. I, all I'm saying is that it is beneficial to marry somebody who is relatively like in another country or in a, not even just any other country but in a country that is perceived to have, like, economic power and, like, the opportunities, the land of milk and honey. Right, at least more than where you come from. Yes. Wherever that is. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, like, we we, we know the story, we've heard the story all the time, Um, and it is a strategic career decision if you do choose to do that, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, like, if, 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 if you're in a certain field and those the people in that field get more jobs in one country and not in your own like for example like if you come from (laughs) (laughs) yeah like if i were to come into contact with a writer a director or whatever you know because i'm very interested in film and series etc if i were to come into contact with somebody and there's like a genuine connection or whatever like why not and they're in the states or they you know where all these film industries or whatever are popping off then hell yeah now you're merging a, a, a couple of these reasons, right? Because you're yeah. merging networks. Exactly. A, along with um, being able to work in a certain place. Exactly. So And then get citizenship in the country if I decide to marry them. Yeah. So, and then leave them. And then Once leave! Once you have all your papers. That's not what I said. For a true love relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and it will be a common understanding that, listen, I was just the person to help you, you know? Yeah, I wish there was attain your goals. I wish there was those kinds of understandings where it's like, look, you have a great network, I have great skills. How about we like that collaborate? Yeah, how about we collaborate very closely for the next five years? Why can't it be a collaboration? It's, I mean, I mean, when it, with citizenship, it's different. You have to marry the person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Why can't it with the networks? You would wish that it's more of a collaboration thing where it's like, can we just be really close friends i mean <laughs> yes i was gonna say that it can be a collaboration it doesn't necessarily have to be romantic so mm-hmm. i think the question more is why does it have to be a romantic decision mm. uh, uh, rather than it just being a collaboration is it because romance allows us to get more things out of people ah without questioning so much without questioning so much that's interesting so um but if you come from like a like like let me just say Zambia because there's very little happening in Zambia. If you come from Zambia and you're an artist, there's a couple of Zambian local artists that are on a global scale, but it's it's hard for you to do things as an artist from Zambia. Hmm. But if you were an artist in London doing the exact same thing that you were doing in Zambia, mm. you have more opportunities for jobs and whatever yeah. else. So would it be beneficial for you to find a partner in London? <laughs> so that um, you can also, so that you can also <laughs> get a job? Yes, it would be. And like, hey, no shade, no shade. Like, cool. I agree with that. I had a professor who married, he was American, mm-hmm. and he married a, a Filipino woman, right? So... There are situations where one partner needs more than the other. So one mm. partner needs the ability to work in a different country and she needs the networks and whatever else to help advance her career, for example. Mm-hmm. And he needed love, for example. And so 
that's why it had to be a love relationship because it was an exchange of goods yeah in that oh, case. no it was it's like i give you love you give me the ability to work in a different country that sounds Tick. very rude Tick. but like it's practical it's practical and so i've seen relationships where they like don't talk about that and it's just mm. it's like no we love each other but then but just sitting there thinking yeah right exactly <laughs> but then um this professor ex- um and his wife explicitly said like it works for both of us and so they okay. had an understanding that like no she needed to be here because she needed the the work visa and whatever else and i wanted a companion and so we we met each other halfway and like it just works and it is what it is hmm. and, and they just and they were just okay with that kind of a with that arrangement. Kind of arrangement yeah and i think that needs to be normalized mm. that like if, listen guys we are in this situation, yeah, because, you know, I may love the person, but this person is with me because I'm going to get them a visa or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be able to, them being with me allows them to get citizenship. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be a very frank conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Yeah. Well, if your needs are... Uh, if your needs are met, of if course. Your need, yeah, if everyone's needs are met, then it's fine. I think I think with when you think about, like, global imbalances in the world in terms of, like, wealth imbalances... That would really, like, that would help a lot of things. <laughs> there are so many people who are lonely. <laughs> mm-hmm. So many people who are lonely. <laughs> In rich countries. <laughs> no, but it's true, yeah. There's so many people who are lonely in rich countries. And if you could just have a companion. Yeah. And have an arrangement where it's, like, a companionship. But it's on every, like, everybody's needs and purposes in the relationships are on the I table. Mean. And nobody is lying about anything and it's like yeah if it works for you it works that needs to be an app right i'm copywriting what's it um, yes you're not allowed to take this <laughs> trademarking idea. trademarking yeah that is that you have an app where it's like people from all over the world and they're just very frank and look it's not like any other dating site but it's very frank about what your needs are um and each person is allowed to go on the app and say, hey, I see that you are in the United States. Mm. I'm looking to work in the United States. Um, seeking arrangement kind of thing. There is yeah. actually an app called Seeking Arrangement, but like, <laughs> separate conversation. But <laughs> don't ask me how I know. Um, but, like, <laughs> but like, to be able to say, hey, um, I have these skills. I'm wanting to work in this particular industry. I see that you are in this particular industry. I need a green card to be in that country. I see we are both divorcees or we are both single. Like, how's about... You need good conversation. I can good, provide good I can provide good conversation, etc. Because, I mean, there are all sorts of apps now. Like, the apps about people who just want to cuddle. And, like, yeah. people who will pay you to have dinner with them. Exactly. You know, yeah. why just not, dinner. Why not just have an app to pay you for a green card? Why not, actually? Exactly. Why not just have an app... To to pay for a green card for networks for you know yeah all sorts of things i think that's a great idea thanks go ahead do it thanks <laughs> any software developers holler at me <laughs> so yeah guys think about these things before you know saying yes to situations um it's very important who you end up with and always remember that whoever you end up with is going to in some way influence the career decisions you make so whether you you're aware well, of it or not so you might as well be strategic about that facts don't just be out here with a bum that's don't happening. just be out here falling in love <laughs> just fall in love for no reason <laughs> fab <laughs> what you mean ah, love doesn't put food on the table thanks guys thanks for listening let us know what you let think of this episode <laughs>
<laughs> remember to follow us on instagram at problematic underscore aff that's problematic underscore aff um also email us at afproblematic at gmail.com and yeah we'll see you guys in our next episode bye bye also we value your opinions on topics so follow us on our social media channels to share your comments get more information about topics and get updates about our next episode thank you for listening to problematic as fuck Joining us. You are... My pleasure. I love the podcast, by the way. Uh, really? Thank you. Uh, I actually watched, I've been listening to all of them. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's And it's like for us, it's our audience, you know, yeah, same demographics, but we're Africans, but we're international. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just, yeah, it's very relatable. It's super cool. Great. Okay. Thanks for that feedback. Um, it's great to have you on because. Well, first of all, you're one of our fa- first male guests. Yeah. Which is cool. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Is that uh, by design? Is that coincidence? Uh, no, we think you're a good... Design. <laughs> you're <It's> by design. By design. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. But also, I think you, you, you would be a good fit from what I know about you from the, uh, for this topic in particular. Exactly. Exactly. No, definitely. I'm excited. Okay. Is there, did you say there'll be another guest or it's just me? Okay. Um, you said there'll be, I think you said there might be another guest who's in Africa. Yeah, so... Or is it you guys? Is that, yeah? No, so we had, uh, we wanted to have another guest who uh, studied in the UK and then came back to South Africa. But um, I think he, he couldn't join, so it, we, ju- we just have uh, you now, yeah. Which is fine. Of course. Yeah. Cool. So, are you ready? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Okay, so we're gonna start. start. How does it work? We are, yeah. So we're gonna start recording. Um, Fee's gonna intro you in, and then we'll just like let the conversation flow from there. Yeah. Do you need an intro for myself as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so we're gonna ask you just to introduce yourself and um, all that good stuff. So Fee will introduce the topic and stuff, and then we'll then venture into why we thought that you'd be a good guest for the show, and then you can intro yourself in as well. Yeah, cool. And you don't have to use your name if you don't want to. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what is it today? Yeah, today's problematic opinion. Okay. <clears throat> today's problematic opinion is, can you be about Africa without being in Africa? Ooh. This question is especially for people who are of African descent. And are living, studying, and working abroad? Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting conversation. Um, and today we have a guest um, who will introduce himself shortly, but essentially he is from Zim, currently based in the UK um, and doing some really, really cool stuff in Africa. Um, so yeah, I would like to introduce you to our first male guest. Um, Tana, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for that, guys. So my name is Tana, as you said, uh, Zimbabwean born and raised. I currently live in London. I lived only when I was 18, so all my life was been in Zimbabwe, and I'm working in uh, banking in London. But I'm also involved in Africa, because that's my heart. 
uh, yeah. Okay. So talk about that a bit more, about the work that you do in Africa. Oh, the work I do in Africa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I guess maybe given a bit of my background might be useful. So I studied civil engineering, um, and my dissertation was in renewable energy. So I think, like, the biggest problem in Africa is our infrastructure. So things like energy uh, are a basic necessity that we need. So I think if we can crack that, then everything else can fall into place a little bit. So about my business, um, it's called Umlilo Energy. Uh, Umlilo is a Tosa word meaning fire. Um, what we do is try to connect the diaspora to Africa. So if you live in the UK or in Europe, you can essentially send energy back home to Africa uh, mm. using our platform. So what you have to do is essentially pick from one or four packages and you can pay monthly for that system. And that system will be installed at like a parent's home or your home or home you're building, but on the African continent. So it's financing from the UK, from Europe, for African-based renewable energy projects. Okay. Um, yeah. And I guess then my next question is, um, setting up your business, was it something that you felt you couldn't necessarily do um, in Zim while you were in Zim? Or is it is it because you are running the business from the UK because that's where the funds are coming from? Um, I guess, like, um, I have no choice. So, so... I came to the UK for uni, right? So I came for uni, did uni for three years, um, graduated, got a job, luckily. Uh, by, the, by the way, it's quite difficult to get a job here. I literally applied to 100 places, only got one, but that, that, was, that was good enough. Um, and then I've been based here because of that, right? Um, but as my career progresses, I got to a point where I was like, um, I'm working in England, it's, it's really interesting. Um, it's okay, actually, yeah. Um, but my purpose is home, so I need to really just start something now. Otherwise, if I decide to go back and then start it, it might be too late. It might have moved on. I might be out of touch. I might be too committed to what I'm doing here. And I'm still young and energetic. Let me do it now, all right? And I was like, what, what can I do that will connect Africa and where I am? And it's still about the things I care about, i.e. energy. I was like, okay, cool. There's actually people in Zim who, just like me, are the diaspora. And they have family back home, right? Like myself, I have my mom back home, right? Um, I'm easily a customer who can buy a solar system for for Zim, because Zim has terrible energy issues. Maybe that's some context you need. Zim has terrible energy issues. We have, in, at some you know, at some points in time, 18 hours of blackouts, or, mm. or you know, 12 to 12 to 18, mm-hmm. um, 6 to 12, that kind of thing. So something I could have, I, I decided I can do in England with a partner in Zimbabwe and see how it works. I will essentially do it for the time being and, and then transition from there. But essentially, I was in England and I, I just had to, to start something um, as soon as I could because the opportunity is there and we need to change rapidly, I think. So I hope that answers the question, but that's, that was the angle. Yeah, definitely answers the question. Um, but I think what we're bringing up is more of a... So there's kind of two points that I would like to make. So the first is around like... Um, well, maybe let's go back and, and speak about why you went to England in the first place. Um, and thinking about like, is there value in... Uh, studying on the continent, working on the continent, and still pushing the same ideas that you have. So what are the kind of opportunities that you found um, and used while being abroad versus the things that you couldn't do while being in Zim or being on the continent? Um, I would say I'll say probably the biggest thing, the big standout is uh, financing. Um, so financing in Africa is, 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 is quite difficult. Just getting money for business, right? Anyone to get any money for business from a bank. If you sell tomatoes, if you do whatever, getting financing is quite hard. Is, mm-hmm. um, 
um, in Africa. Number one, it's it's local currency based, and number so it fluctuates. Number two, it's um, these high interest rates. It's between twenty two to sixty percent, seventy percent in some some instances. So, getting um, stable currency financing in a fiat currency at low interest rates is number one. That's the one thing that I think Europe offers more than more than Africa. Some financial institutions are doing well, maybe in South Africa, but I think the rest of the continent has a lot of work to do. Yeah, and I think that brings me to um, my next question is, so a lot of conversations I have with some of my friends from other African countries, um, Fee and I are South African, but when we have conversations with friends from some other African countries, I, I've realized that there is also some um, a level of privilege that South Africans have in a way that um, people from other African countries don't necessarily have. And so that's, that's why there is an immigration kind of um, mentality because it's like when I'm moving to another country, be it Europe, be it the States or whatever, I'm literally moving to go and do things that I know that I don't have access to in my current country, right? And there's a reason there's um, high populations of students from Zim and Kenya, et cetera, in South African universities because it's like the opportunities that I currently have in my country are not sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think uh, to an extent, it, it, it is a little bit easier for a South African to to question whether um, a Zimbabwean in England is really about Africa if, you know, they're studying in England and um, working out of England to benefit um, South Africa. I mean, um, their, their particular country. So I just want to get, like, your thoughts around that. Um, okay, so my thoughts around um, is this Zimbabwe in England really about Zimbabwe when yes. they're in England? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's a heavy question to ask mm. uh, to ask someone because because I mean, as, as as difficult as it sounds, we don't owe the country anything. Um, yeah, so yeah. I think for, that's true. so yeah, because they they don't really. I mean, we love our countries, but I think we need to take care of ourselves. Maybe on mm. a, on on a on a maybe individual basis. We want our parents who sacrificed quite a lot for us um, and have essentially taken out massive loans, you know, sold off assets, borrowed, gone into debt to mm-hmm. send us to school, to send us abroad, to send us to uni, to send us to USA, uni uh, in England, uni across the continent of Africa, to send us to school. Um, when we finish school, we, we essentially, if, if life was a balance sheet, we're in debt, right? Mm-hmm. We're in debt to, to life, to our parents, because we've sank a lot of funds into getting a certificate. You've made no return on anything. So I think you owe it to the people who put you in that position to get yourself in order, right? Not You don't owe the money, but you need to get your life in order, get a secure um, career, start a business, do something that has um, a return on investment for what they did for you. First of all, sort that out. And then when you get to a comfortable place, maybe after working for three years, you're going to be like, okay, um, what can I do for the country? What can I do for the continent? Um, a lot of Zimbabweans in, in England as well, or, you know, Africans in England, want to go back home, want to help, you know, their countries. But I think, I think, I think Africa is not that transparent and there's not that many channels or platforms that they can even access to, to help the continent. So it can be difficult. But I think people are keen, but you really have to be hungry for those opportunities and have someone you trust on the ground to do that. Mm. But, I, but I would also just say not everyone is, needs to be, or, I mean, it would be nice, but not everyone has to be super patriotic to die for their country and the continent. Ooh. No, that's so a great point. Yeah. No, it's definitely a great point. Um, so I, I suppose the question for me would be like, 
do you have any thoughts about so there's a there's a huge movement around decolonizing institutions of education particularly decolonizing the way we think about things um but i uh, some feedback i've gotten from people who also have studied in the uk and, and returned to south africa was that the mentality of um employers or people to the idea of like this person like they have a certain name on their certificate and they get more opportunities than someone that may have gone to a uh, local school is a very well in some industries is a very like colonial mindset right um and i'm speaking particularly about south africa so i i just wonder what you think about that and if you have any plans to come home and and how you would imagine like being received when you come home because of course things have changed in zim there's definitely people who are pushing things in 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 your industry as well i'm sure right um and so how do you stay connected with people on the ground without um it being in a kind of colonial type of way if that makes sense yeah yeah no, that's a great point um i think yeah yeah there is there is a lot of that on the continent where someone from the uk who started in the uk has a degree in engineering or etc marketing accounting and they go back and they are received a lot better than the locals that's just that's just how yeah that's just how the world is just engineered us to think i think through colonization through a lot of events that black people go through globally i think mm-hmm. um social engineering um it's it's not a good practice it's not a good practice but i think i think i think in some's case i think i don't think that's still as bad as it, as it used to be i think a lot of us are getting more 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 international experience and people are realizing that some of the people who do come from abroad uh, and, and get into work locally aren't aren't as experienced as, as we might we might think in the context of of, of africa mm-hmm. because a degree in one place and in theory i mean um, the practical in another place is quite different if i was to come back i would i would i, I think i'd be smart about it and I, would, and I would actually utilize that to my to my advantage i would have to um i, I think i'd be foolish not to but then i would also essentially make sure that i look out for those people that have that have that that talent that i i don't have in my own capacity and it's a difficult one it's a difficult one um because i haven't actually gone back and and and, and experienced it i've only i've only essentially um, heard examples but it's i th- i think i i think as a student right if if i was in that in that, in that position where i was in the on the in, in the on the continent and i was facing competition from people coming from abroad i would essentially make sure that during my degree or during some phase of my education i can get practical experience like internship um um apprentices something of that nature because when it comes to them comparing me to this england person mm. I, I want to be them on the ground and it's, it's going to be quite obvious and it is quite obvious so that's the best thing you can do because it's a tough situation to change but i think that's probably the best way i, I, I would do it. but why why do you why do you feel that you beat them on the ground why do I feel like that so understand yeah why do you feel like um so i think you mentioned at the end that you would beat them on the ground right yeah because why? yeah why yeah why why because i have local context cuz i have local context uh um you're in a position where you, you you can't really control the narrative so your best bet is is to be good at the job is mm-hmm. is is to be to be I'm not sure if you have attention to detail I'm not sure it depends on the nature of the job right I think your best bet is to be good technically and 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 be good 
on in the business sense and socially and in the leadership skills negotiation. That, that, that's the best way you can do. It. I'm not sure. I'm not keen to your your thoughts, but that's mm-hmm. I think that's those are the only tools you you actually possess in your in in in, in that situation. But it's up to you to convince the employers as well that you are the best person for the job. Because I think, as I said, I don't think we're still we're as bad as we used to be. People are quite more neutral. Um, and the world is quite globalized, and you can learn anything mm-hmm. that is being done by person in the UK in, in Africa anyway, really, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah. So then, which brings me to my next question is, um, and I think we touched on it a little bit earlier, but essentially what I'm trying to understand is um, you are, you were 18 at some point, you were faced with the decision, do I study in Zim, do I study um, in the UK? What were some of the things or, or, or the things that you had to consider to say, a UK education in this particular field would be better than um, a University of Zimbabwe education in this particular field because it's not as if that that um, faculty didn't exist locally. So I'm just trying to understand, you know, what was was there a knowledge gap that you noticed you might be able to fill better overseas versus at home, um, and if so, what was that gap, and and how were you able to you know um, to reconcile that? Yeah, um, that's actually that's actually very interesting. So when I made that decision to actually go to to the UK, you'd be you, you yeah, you're quite disappointed to know that the only the only factor I looked at based on my my experience of life so far was that a degree from the UK that says um, civil engineering BEng would look better mm. than than a local one. Literally, that, that that was that was just my my analysis. Um, mm. So that's actually quite terrible. That. That's, that's the way an 18 year old um, you know African male would think but that, that, that was the rationale but on that note um, I think the things after moving the thing is cons- to consider as well to add to that so that was the only reason or quite a few reasons obviously because it's a big life change I think I wanted to get a broader horizon um, I think I just wanted to see what else what else is out there the only time I can do this would be now so I think I just wanted to actually it was just curiosity to see what what's out there uh, I wanted to learn how the, the, world, the, the world's dominance work, just essentially how, what, what is it that they can do that we don't do. Um, and only after leaving Africa and then being in England, um, I realized how much love I have for the continent because it's not rocket science. Mm. It, it, it's not that complicated. It's actually not that deep. It's, it's actually quite, it's just organization, right? And then deploying resources where they need to be. It's, it's, it's quite easy. We just have very bad systems and um, our leaders could 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 do with with some improving 100% across the country. Mm-hmm. So um, after getting that, you know, ticking those boxes, you know, getting that degree, getting that knowledge, getting that exposure, there was not much to to um, to, 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 to Europe that there's not in Africa. So I think that curiosity helps me in shaping what I want to do for the future. It helps me, it gives me a bird's eye view of the problems that we have here and where exactly, what we can do to solve them. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that answers the question. Any, any gaps? You said you mentioned any gaps. Any gaps in terms of? Um, no, I think you've, you've, you've adequately answered the question. And I, and I really just want to thank you for, for the honesty in that, you know, the decision was simply that um, with, you know, where the world is, etc. if a, um, a degree that comes from a UK university looks better than one that comes from one from home, which is unfortunate but that's the reality right and of course fee and i are not going to sit here and be like you know i mean we have mentioned numerous times on the shows that we also have aspirations of working overseas and stuff and so 
you know, these are conversations that we're constantly having to say, um, if I want to work overseas, does that necessarily mean, or can I still say that I'm about my country, you know? Um, and, and I think it's important to have these chats to not only just have the chats, but also just see how deeply, you know, neocolonialism really goes because, you know, essentially it's, it's sort of like ingrained in our subconscious mm. to say that like, you know, um, even just the decision to go study abroad, for, ex for example, um, because it's going to look better, it already shows some kind of like you perceiving a certain place to be more superior than the one that you call home. Mm. Um, and I think it's important to have those conversations and to actually say, me wanting to work overseas, what does that really mean? You know, mm. um, what, what does brain drain look like now? You know, and um, you often hear... Um, not just politicians, but just all the generations saying, you know, we're losing a lot of very good talent in our country and we are trying to build a country, but all the young people are leaving. And it's like, because we're not having those frank conversations, because the reality is in order for me to progress, I can't be in a country that has 18 hour power outages. Do you know what I mean? I as can't, a civil engineer. As a civil engineer, like I can't um, efficiently, you know, create the things that I want to create because those are the, the you know, that's the, the, the context in which I operate in. Yeah. Um, look, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Mm. Um, because I think we're talking about things on a micro level, right? So, Tanan, you've spoken about your experience, why you left, um, why you're choosing to stay in the UK, and why you've chosen to create a business that is linked to Africa. But I, I want to push back a little bit to say, like, nothing will change if we keep thinking about things in this way right mm. um if we keep yeah if we keep like trying to go to different places to well in my mind right so if you think about it on a, on a macro level and think about like for example where are your investments if most of your investments are abroad then it makes sense for you to um to be placed abroad and to live abroad because you have an inter a vested interest in mm. that economy doing well. Mm. If you have local investments or if you have... Uh, and investments can even be like social investments in terms of family. And I know you don't owe... Like, we, we don't owe our countries anything. Mm. Um, but for me, I'm like... There will, will never be progress if you don't at least attempt mm. to make things better as hard as it can be. Because otherwise you, you stay in a, in a almost comfortable position and um, yeah, and you don't see the progress that you want to see, at least not at the speed you want to see it. And I say that because, for example, there's, I know, uh, there's, there's people doing kind of a lot of work around renewable energy in South Africa uh, and in different places on the continent. I, I can't name them in particular. But what would be really interesting would be for like cross-continental colla collaborations. So I don't know the, d the details of how your business works. Um, and this is not about your business in particular because mm. it's thinking about things, um, yeah, like I was saying, on a more macro level yeah. and thinking about investment and where the money is flowing, where the ideas come from, where the skills are. And I also raise this because, like, um, so I do, um, so I, I do research, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really important to have publications out of Africa. Mm. Um, around research in Africa rather to, than have it be, you know, international research being done about Africa. I say that I, I just recently finished uh, a degree doing a research about Africa, but with an international institution. But I recognize that there's like this dissonance that exists in me, like having these beliefs, but still knowing in the back of my mind that mm. like, 
it's important to have um, like a more global portfolio than uh, a, 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 port- yeah, than a p- portfolio that's too localized. Yeah. So yeah, what are your thoughts around like that? Yeah, that's a that's those are really good points you raised. Um, a, a lot of thoughts to actually go through. So, firstly, I think yeah, we on a macro level, we definitely should be more um, loyal. At least not loyal, but uh, I don't know what the word is. Patriotic mm-hmm. to our continent, right? We are a group of talented people who can really change the continent in two generations. So, anyway, within our lifetime, right, mm-hmm. we can do that. Um, but I think people want to contribute to Africa. People really want to change it. People want people. Yeah, people. People want to do work, but. Uh, there's, a, there's a few, there's a lot of constraints that just don't allow us to do that, right? Like basic infrastructure. Um, just back, going back to that 16-hour, 18-hour blackout um, thing you mentioned, right? Even if I'm a, if I'm a developer and I'm the best Java, uh, you know, Python developer in in the world, I, I have the best Mac and everything, right? All the resources there. I, I can't work if I don't have interested in half the day. Mm-hmm. You, you, I, have, I have numerous examples of developers in SA who work with devs and Zen who sometimes they just drop them off because mm. there's a fuel situation, there's an electricity situation, we just can't work with them, you know, we'll go back to ESA, right? So things like electricity, policies around um, industrializing, so you're right, um, we need to have the conversation, actually, maybe on the actions bit, we need to have the conversation around these elements. And electricity, policies, any training programs from companies, right? Um, I'm not sure what is South African banks, but I'm, I'm, I've heard, uh, well, essentially I know a few instances of Nigerian banks, when they build an IT system for payments, right? They don't get developers from the country, from that country. Mm. Most of the time, they outsource them from India, mm. because Indian devs and analysts and project managers have delivered these projects, and they know what they look like time and time again. Right? That's what outsourcing, right? Um, business process outsourcing. So, we need to have the conversation, and then we need to change and a lot change a lot of things that are very macro, which which I think a lot of people feel helpless to do. So, yeah, conversation around training policies. Companies should be able to get local talent, train them up to do these things that they want them to do. Then after like, you know, a couple of years, they need to hire these people. Even if it's companies getting people to go abroad for two years, come back, but they need to work for the content for these companies. Um, so you're right. But on a on a macro level, you know, it's 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 change that's difficult to 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 well, to practice. I don't know how what your what are your thoughts on that? Um, so that's why people find it um, you know find it hard to to stay on the continent because of these hard things that we have to go through to get the basics but we do need to change those things so it's a chilling situation mm. and people from abroad also need to invest back home in some capacity right like you said social investment actual investment by stand in some capacity 100 mm. i think that will definitely get us on the right track but that macro that macro question is still pending so i'm keen to give you your thoughts on that as well yeah i mean i think um, it's a tricky one, especially from a macro. You know, you can you can have all these dreams and want to develop your country, etc. But if the if the environment in which you operate in in your country doesn't allow for you to do that, then the natural thing to do is to go to an environment that would allow you to do that to build the skills so that you can come back. Right? Um, I think for me personally, um, I'm I'm exactly not exactly, but I'm in the same place where you are, Tana. Where I'm like. I guess it's the concept of building yourself up so that you're able to build others up, mm. right? And um, if you operate in an environment that doesn't allow you to, like, I, like, like we always say on the show, fill your cup before you fill the cups of others, then it becomes difficult to to think in a macro kind of of way. 
Um, and, you know, of course, like, you know, going back to histories of colonialism, etc., I suppose that's something that has been tattooed in our consciousness as well is um, thinking individually so that you can benefit the greater good. Um, I, I'm, I guess my thing is like I'm struggling to see I'm struggling to see how to be able to do that from a macro level as in like on a macro level point of view, we are all coming up to build our continent when there are these like discrepancies and when there are these like technological challenges, etc. I, I just struggle to see, you know, how it would be possible. And I think just in the way that we've we've ex or we've moved through life, we have found ourselves in international spaces, right? And we've seen how that has changed our perceptions of things, how we approach certain problems, etc. And I think there's there's a lot of value in that. Um, I guess this next step would be then using that value to to benefit your country. But I don't necessarily, I don't think I would necessarily reject an opportunity to go overseas to gain a certain skill. Granted, I can't get that skill here, but there's a certain way in which different people and different places and different environments approach problems in a way that isn't necessarily apparent to me in my own country. And if I'm in a position where I have the opportunity to do that, I think, you know, then why not? Okay, so if you have the chance to go abroad and do something, how, how would you package that in a way that you can come back and still, and still help the continent mm. and still help yourself? I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, what it is that I would be doing um, abroad. I think right now my framework where I'm at is um, there's certain things or certain skills that I have tried to attain here um, that I think can be supplemented elsewhere, right? And I think in terms of me applying them when I come back, I would have to go get them in the first place. You know what I mean? Um, and I think there's value in that. There's value in in approaching and solving certain problems from different points of views, right? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's how I see it happening personally anyway. I don't know what you think, Fee. No, I'm just, I, I think this conversation is interesting. So I'm thinking about, like, like the, the, the history of extraction, mm. right? And, like, you would think of, like, colonial colonialism mm -hmm. yeah um of coming and extracting kind of physical resources labor whatever else that benefits european countries mm -hmm. american countries of america um and then thinking about extraction of kind of the current modern extraction that's happening where Intellect. it's like intellectual extraction yeah, so yeah. it's like you benefited from the things that were taken from the continent um and now it's almost like a, a move back to benefit intellectually from the skills that have yeah that have or from the universities and whatever other institutions that these foreign countries have because mm. they benefited from us, right? So it's almost like a re-extraction of Yeah, skills. I was going to say, why, 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 why not see it as reparations of some yeah, kind? Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah, exactly, some kind exactly of way. it. It's like reparations, yeah. re-extraction. But the, the point I want to make, though, is to be really thoughtful about what you bring back and yeah. not to bring back ideologies that are going to be harmful mm. to the continent. Mm. Um, I, think there's a, like, I think there's a way... Yeah, I, like European countries in, in America, like it's not perfect. Mm. Like the systems are not perfect either. The, the ways of working and the ide ideologies are not perfect either. So just to be careful when you return. Um, to not want to impose to those. To not want to impose those. Yeah. To not want to be like, I, I went here. Them. Exactly. Yeah. I went here and I'm bringing this solution to Africa. Like I think that's where we have to be careful if we have global perspectives to really think about what works best in this context. I think we all do that, but I think it's worth noting. Yeah. Um, 
and and I think yeah. also to also be intentional about um, the things that I can gain here that I won't necessarily gain abroad, right. right? Because a lot of the times we put superiority on the things that I'll gain abroad rather than what's currently available, mm-hmm. right? And we we tend to focus on all the negatives of what's currently available, or you know, all the all the things that that make it difficult for you to do what you want to do. But we don't necessarily focus on where the opportunities lie while I'm here, mm-hmm. right? And that's also, a, a, I suppose, a different approach to problem solving is, okay, I'm in this place, I have 18-hour power outages, how do I fix it, right? Is it, do I go to the UK to find systems so that I can come apply here? Or am I, you know, going to Ghana or Nigeria or wherever to see how they approach their power system so mm-hmm. that I can bring it back, you know? Um, so I suppose maybe an extraction amongst each other, yeah. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Than, yeah. yeah. No, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think yeah. I think probably um, Africa is the last you know wild west in terms of opportunities. So like you said, there's so many problems, but those are those, that's cash king, right? Those mm-hmm. are opportunities. Um, and just on that extraction bit, it is sad uh, that we had physical extraction, we had land extraction, physical is still going on mm-hmm. um, from the European countries, by the way. Um, so. And that brain drain is, is, is painful to watch because there's a lot of talent uh, abroad in Harvard and McKinsey, you know, all these big, big financial firms, um, law firms that are, that are African in, in top positions. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a cra- almost a crazy cycle we need, to, we need to stop, turn back in some way. Uh, I think that's something we all need to work through as a continent. Um, but... I just think, I think one thing we need is, I think Africa needs a platform. Africa needs, you talked about technology and, and how, we, how we can all build Africa alongside all these disruptions. I think, I, think, I think the one thing we can use as young people in some capacity, hopefully some young developers listening or will listen to us, is we, we need some sort of platform that we all can come as one. I think that's been, and it's decentralized. I don't know what, what, that, what that looks like in practice. Um, mm. It could be a 10-year vision. But we just need a, a place we can come to as one. That's, um, that's you know, obviously online, app some, somewhere. And we can talk to each other, participate, invest, you know, mm-hmm. buy from Africa, you know, manufacture in Africa. So something where an Amazon for Africa, mm. some sort of marketplace for skills, for products, for services, for everything. That's, that's, that's how we can start decentralizing some of these old, you know, old ways of, of, of governing Africa and, and can then improve, but, and then turn back that brain drain because those people, that talent abroad can now, you know, um, export to Africa, but their services, their knowledge, their skills, their experience, something, something, right? Hope that makes sense. But that's, that, 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 that's how I look at that. No, it does. I think that's a good note to close on. Um, it reminds me of our first episode on Black Wealth Networks. If you haven't <laughs> listened to that, check that out. Um, but I think it's an expansion on the points that some of the points that we made in mm-hmm. that first episode. But yeah, it's been great. Yeah, thank you so much, Tana, for your time. Um, to our listeners, let us know what you think of the episode. Let us know if you think you can be about Africa, even though you're not physically about Africa. Um, we know it's a little bit of a controversial topic, just also because we have listeners from all over the world, etc., um, who are from the continent but are living abroad. And so I think it would be a very interesting conversation to have amongst ourselves. So let us know what you guys think. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at... Um, problematic underscore AFF. Um, alternatively, you can email us at afproblematic at gmail.com. And yeah, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much, Tana, for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me.
Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.